One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is a View from the Bullens podcast. Listen to all the news, views and inside track from Goodison Park. This is a View from the Bullens podcast, sponsored by the Beer Killer, Liverpool One. Back to another episode here of Extra Time at a View from the Bullens. Myself, Paul Stewart, joined by Matt Smith, otherwise known as Tactically Matt, and Matthew Barry. So we'll start off with Sunday then. Late Sunday evening, we got word through. David Ornstein started to break the news that Everton, alongside Nottingham Forest, are expected to be informed that they've again broken profitability and sustainability rules for the second time. Waited around to around four o'clock on Monday for the news to come through then. Bob will, of course, put up a tweet and it was confirmed. I'll come to you first, Matt Smith. What's your thoughts then on the charge Everton have received this time around? Yeah, it's just, I think Benj and uh, Bob did a podcast yesterday calling it Groundhog Day and it, it just felt exactly the same, exactly the same situation. You know, myself working in, in the industry of, of of reporting on the football and reporting on Everton and things like that, it was just another slog of a day where you've got to talk about things that you don't want to be talking about. I'm sure it's the same with Benj and Bob. They didn't start this this whole podcast to be talking about these things. It's all about... You want to be talking about football. You want to be talking about transfers. You want to be talking about winning games. And it feels like everything surrounding Everton at the moment is is talking about these off-field topics and, and these financial regulations, which are, are completely sort of decimating our club at the moment. And, you know, there was a, a parliament meeting today where Richard Masters conveniently was speaking about it and, it just feels there's such a, a disconnect at the moment and they're talking about it being, you know, when it initially came in, the profit and sustainability is, of, of course, to try and make clubs sustainable, make sure there's not too many clubs going out of business and, and being run into the ground. But in my eyes, there's a real possibility of Everton plummeting if, if we continue getting points deductions, we continue to be charged for these things when we're trying 
to make ourselves sustainable, especially with the stadium. We we're trying to fund it off our own back, which in my eyes is is a completely, you know, we're setting out to say that we're trying to do this sustainably. We're not trying to take out further loans. We're not trying to, you know, use money off, off other people to do it. Of course, they've made massive mistakes and, you know, that their people need to be held accountable inside Everton Football Club. But we've got an owner that's now cashed out. He's not interested uh he's not really going to be punished he, okay he's probably going to have to sell at a, a lower rate than he usually would but he's not being punished it's Sean Dyche it's the players it's the fans and these rules weren't brought into to supposedly punish these people and they're the people that are being punished most it's not the not the owner who's made all these mistakes who's pumped this money in who's who's handled the finances badly he's done all that but he's not the one being punished as much as the fans, players and manager. So I think it's a, another just disgrace in, in the way that Nottingham Forest and Everton, two clubs battling towards the bottom of the Premier League are ones that are supposedly gaining a sporting advantage by overspending. It To me, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I feel like it's something we're used to now. Yeah, totally agree. It's another shambles, to be honest. And here we are again, discussing the same things over and over again. Just rather be speaking about the football and Winning matches, players doing well, this and that. But Matt Barry, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Were you surprised? I know I'd heard rumours that Everton were going to be under and so on, but it just feels like anytime something like this comes around, no matter how confident Everton seemed to be, we're going to be up against it again with the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, you know, Everton are a, a sitting ducks or an easy target for, for the Premier League. Um, you know, I've written plenty about Richard Masters. Um, this season, and he's um, you know you, you can look at it, it, it two ways really. I mean, you know he's the analogy I use with Richard Masters and Everton is that you know he, it, it looks like he he lost the fifty pound note and found the winning lottery ticket when it comes to Everton. Certainly in regards to um, the independent regulator, because you know we turned up exactly at the right time for him. Um, but in terms of the independent regulator, I mean, Richard Masters is, is the is the gift that keeps on giving, because whenever anybody puts a microphone in front of him or he sits in front of uh, a parliamentary commission, then he just makes another fool of himself, and you know they just must be sat there rubbing their hands. And you can, you know, by the comment um, by uh, Miss Dynage today, right right at the end of the um, of the hearing, where you know both. <laughs> Him and Rick Parry sat together, and she says, "You know, effectively, you don't know what you're doing." And it's such a damning indictment for the CEO or the managing director of of the biggest league in the world to be sat in front of politicians ex explaining himself extremely poorly. And I'll I'll pick up on one of the points he said shortly. Um, just just effectively, just be laughed at and made made a mockery of because he. He sets out his his stall by saying, you know, for, it's the fans are you know of utmost importance to the game, and the game's nothing without fans. Yet, the decisions that, that the Premier League have made under his stewardship has directly impacted fans, not just in terms of um, the results, sorry, the the implications for for the team in terms of the league table, but 
you know, it's something that was, as, as Matt said about the, the pods earlier from Benj and the bubble, but it's affecting people's mental health and the situations they're putting people in. You know, some, Everton Football Club is, is, is not the be all and the end all for a lot of people, but it is for a lot for, for some other people, you know, and, and their lives revolve around this football club. And there are people who are, you know, financially dependent on this football club. And there are people whose livelihoods are directly linked to this football club. And it's those people who seem to be forgotten and lost in all of this. And, you know, when when you address Everton and Nottingham Forest as small clubs in the way that he did in the hearing, it just goes to show that you can indirectly there's six and there's 14 and as much as they can say that, and as much as he said that, you know, the Premier League consists of 20 clubs. Well, yes, it does. Numerically, it consists of 20 clubs. But the importance of 14 of those 20 are, are basically, you know, they're, they're nothing to, to him and his organisation because he's beholden to six clubs, sadly. And, you know, he looks for in terms of uh money in terms of revenue generation and in terms of making sure that effectively he stays in position because once this reg regulator comes in now then the first person that he's going to be look they'll look at is him and the way that he he controls this organization so you know he's looking to safeguard himself as much as he possibly can and the easiest way of doing that is to make as much money or make the league as accessible for those six clubs as the other 14. Um, you know, one of the other things he said was um, talking about the independent commission was that the rules, the rules were there to be followed. Um, and then about five or five, five to six minutes later, he said that, well, that there are, there are no rules really. It, it, it it's you know it's, it's more principles based. <laughs> you know you just contradicted yourself, and he he is sadly the person who you know we've we've got so much riding on, and certainly with the takeover as well is that you know I, I think he's shown his contempt for Everton Football Club, its supporters, and whilst he's in position. Gen genuinely, I don't think we'll ever, ever get a fair hearing. Yeah, you're correct there. We'll just go back to that again today. Obviously, he appeared in Parliament and he spoke about the profit and sustainability rules. thought it was brilliant. Uh, Julie Clark, the fan advisory board secretary, was sat behind him with an Everton top on her, with an Everton t-shirt with the badge on. From what I watched of that today from yeah. Richard Masters, nearly seemed like he has put forward a case for there to be an independent regulator some of the other draws that came out of his mouth, like like you mentioned, calling Everton a small club and refusing to give a date away from Man City's pending hearing. So I'll, I'll come actually come back to you, Matt. All right. Do you feel like the Premier League actually do they care about the fans? And what did you make of not all the comments today? Absolutely not. Um, I mean, the, the first thing is that the Premier League doesn't care about fans because you can see by what today's comments have been. Um you can see by the way that they're happy to to throw throw clubs under the bus, um, as as in us and not in the forest. 
Um, you can see by how how terrified they are to ch- even challenge six clubs. Um, just just the way that you know <laughs> Richard Masters um, mentioned Man City earlier uh, earlier on today in the evening, and it was well. Well, yeah, they has been said. And you're bearing in mind that you know a little bit earlier he said how you know, they they tried to work with transparency, and you know he said that well, yeah, we have set a date for Manchester City, but uh, yeah, we can't tell you that date, or I can't tell you that date. Well, how's that being transparent? Um, you know, I think going forward, certainly with um, next season, with the amount of games that that are going to be shown. Uh, on television, then you know they certainly don't care about the fans because you're going to have people travelling up and down the country seven o'clock on a Sunday night, you know, heart, um, quarter to eight, eight o'clock on a Friday night. You know, there's going to be games from the, the football weekend is going to start from Friday through till Monday. You know, how many times, um, you know, have Everton played Brighton away on a on a Monday or a Sunday? You know, how many times? Do we play Newcastle midweek, home or away? You know, so there's certainly no consideration for for the fans. It's all about revenue generation, and you can understand it to a certain degree. But you know, you can't tell me that you can't manage a fixture list at certain times of of, of the calendar year of the footballing year and regionalize it. Uh, I think it. I think it's foolish to say that you can't do that. Yeah. Moving on to you, Matt Smith, what do you think? I know you covered part of it today on Twitter, some of the comments made in Parliament. What did you think of that today? Yeah, well, I think Matt makes some good points. I think it's uh, something that stems a lot further back than than today's meeting or the recent charges. It's like, you know, I think it's Spurs v, v Man City. I think it might be in the FA Cup, but in terms of just the broader football spectrum, they're playing against each other at 8pm on a, a Friday night. Manchester City fans have to travel all the way down to London on a Friday night. I saw, I work with a, a Man City fan who's also a journalist and he he was looking at the train times, can't even get back. There's no train back unless you leave before kickoff, uh, before the end of the game, sorry. And, you know, how on earth is that making football for the fans? How on earth is that saying that, you know, like Richard Masters said, there's no football without fans. These are the most important thing. It's it's simply not true. You can say it all you want, but the evidence is there for, for everyone to see in so many different aspects of the game, not just kickoffs, but like there's there's so many, so many different aspects. It's every single thing is a, is about the money. And of course, football is one of the biggest things in the world, businesses in the world. There's There's going to be a lot of money that comes with it. And you know these these organisations need to make money, but as Richard Masters ironically said today, it, without them it's nothing. So if you're going to continuously drive away these fans, and you know it stems down to VAR as well, that it seems to be dragging people, dragging the fun out of people in terms of their their love for watching football. And you know I think at the start a lot of people were saying, yeah, you know it takes the fun out of it, and maybe a little bit half heartedly saying that, but people are genuinely concerned about the the state of the game and 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 genuinely not enjoying how football is going i think they came to the right decision against aston villa for example in terms of the uh, alex moreno goal which was disallowed for offside but 
the amount of time it took to come to that decision when okay you get the right decision then they were looking at something else afterwards even though that was all irrelevant because the offside was there that the, the next phase of play was completely irrelevant and they're still watching and and over analyzing for absolutely no reason and it just all of these things just spitball together and, and create this massive wide problem in football and it, the, the the fact that Richard Masters can even come out and say that he's you know he's that the football is is about the fans and 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 he respects that and he is trying to work towards that is is laughable really and listening to him today I, I obviously had it on trying to report on it a little bit and it was it, like I said it was genuinely laughable and there was a I forget his name but the guy with it working for the EFL digging him out constantly and he had little to no reply about anything and you know when he's trying when he's set up this meeting or he's involved in this meeting he's obviously trying to convince parliament and the government that he doesn't need the premier league doesn't need a, an independent regulator but all he did from my perspective watching that was say you're not fit for purpose in this role the premier league at the moment is not fit for purpose it's not doing the right things and to me that that meeting if i was there and i'm i'm involved in the parliament or government I'm looking at it the complete opposite way. The cases he put forward were absolutely terrible. If 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 he's representing the Premier League, then it's then it's a massive worry for me. Absolutely. Yeah, funny enough, I actually I'd read something earlier. It was a good point. It's um, if you look up the most common nickname for the person named Richard, it's actually Dick, and it kind of sums up Richard Masters, what everyone thinks of him right now, because he's going about things the wrong way, and he just seems to have a serious agenda against Everton. But we'll move on away from that now. You'll be glad to hear. We'll move on from the financial issues and move on to the football side of things. We'll talk about Jack Harrison on loan at Everton from Leeds. He's played 18 times this season with two goals, three assists. Apparently, there's no buy option in the deal, but he does have a release clause. Would either of you want to make this permanent? And has he impressed you so far at Everton? I'll go to yourself, Matt Smith, first. Yeah, obviously every deal in football it's all dependent on finances and you know if we're talking if we're talking about this from a bit of a hypothetical situation where okay Harrison's available for a fair deal not going to impact our finances and you know people are going to look at it and go okay that's that's reasonable no one's going to think we've overpaid then I think you if we can come to that sort of solution I think it would make sense I think if you're Sean Deitch, I think he's genuinely one of the first names on the team sheet and a lot of people might not agree. A lot of people might think that's not, you know, how they would see it. But in terms of his work rate off the ball, his how he helps trigger the press in when he plays in that number 10 role, which is pretty unfamiliar to him. I thought he's been excellent covering, covering for Takore. I think he's so vital to how we play out of possession. Of course, He's not a perfect attacking winger. He's not the type of winger I'd want to see if we're playing, you know, if we're playing possession football or we're we're dominating possession with 60, 65%. You know, if I'm a top six side, I don't think Harrison's the right man. But when you're a team that's better out of possession and and likes to give the opposition the ball and let them make the, you know, dictate the tempo. Our whole game at the moment is is centered around how we deal with 
or out of possession play. And I think he's so pivotal to that. I think it's it's so clear the fact that he obviously had his injury when he came, but pretty much every single game week since then, if he's fit, he's in that starting eleven. There's no real question marks around it. No one's ever looking at it going, I wonder if Jack Harrison starts today. It's 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 clear and obvious. And look, his output reasonable for an Everton player. We don't have players that hit 10 goals and assists every season. You know, a couple of goals, a few assists. Of course, we want more. And, you know, this isn't me accepting mediocrity or or thinking that, you know, our wingers don't need to score or our attacking players don't need to score. But what he offers out of possession is, is so pivotal. And look, I think personally, if we can get a, a reasonable deal for him, I think it will make a lot of sense. We've seen players come to the club better uh, this summer, not really adapted to Premier League football just yet. Arnout Danjuma, not really adapted to how Sean Dyche wants to play. Ashley Young, plenty of question marks around him. Yusuf Chimiti needs time to adapt, whereas Jack Harrison's come straight in. Sean, if Sean Dyche has given him that starting role and not really taken him out of it. And I think that says a lot about Jack Harrison and his attitude, his work rate, his application in training. So I think he's a player that gives absolutely everything when he goes on that pitch. Sometimes over the last few months, it looks like we've overworked him a little bit and you can tell he's starting to tire. And look, that's not his fault. It's not Deutsch's fault, really. There's a lack of options at the moment. There's a lack of depth and that stems from recruitment over the over the years. So... Yeah, to answer it shortly, I think it would make sense to to make it a permanent move. And hopefully, as we sort of progress over the years, we can start to see more of his attacking ability, not just, you know, his defensive work rate and his, and his pressing and his out-of-possession stuff. So, Matt Barry, if, if it financially made sense for you, would you be happy enough to sign Jack on a permanent deal? Same sort of question for you there. Yeah, yeah, I, I would. I think he, you know, he, he he fits in with the whole ethos of of what Sean Dice wants in terms of you know productivity, um, and and hard work. You know, I think if you look at um, the the goals and assists from Alex Awobi and, and Damari Gray, um, and you 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 have a look at what they averaged over a season um, individually, then I, I don't think. Harrison's far off them. If if I mean Matt will, will correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think he's he's a million miles off what they would have been last season, um, or the season before that already. And you know we're only halfway through a season, and he missed he missed the first two months with injury. So you know from a from from an effectiveness, um, he's he's already you know probably justified his signing. Um, you know he's he's vital. In, in terms of how Daisha wants to play, as, as Matt rightly says. I think he complements the right back, whoever's, whoever's behind him, because he, he works incredibly hard and he, he gets back. Um, you know, he's he's exactly what we've got on the other side with, with McNeil, and just in terms of work rate. But, you know, I, I think it goes back to one of the, the topics we covered in, in the first uh, in the first pod about Abdullah the Corey and you know, if the core is out of the side, then it's it's Harrison who sacrificed to go and play another position. 
And I think, you know, if, if we can get something sorted out in terms of an adequate replacement for Decoray or somebody who can play that role and we haven't got a, to tinker with, with the rest of the side, then, you know, I think Harrison would would even would be even more effective. Um, in terms of buying him, um, I think a lot will depend on whether Leeds come back up next season. Um, I think that if they don't, then I think there'll be, I think there'll be a fire sale there, and I think that there'll be a lot of bargains to be had. And even if you know Harrison does have a buyout clause, then there's a distinct possibility that we could probably get him for less than that with him being at the club already. Um, overall, I think he's, as Matt says, I think he's one of the first on the team sheet. And I, th- I think he's probably, vital. if, if Daish is going to stay to the medium to the long term for us, then I, I think Harrison is an absolutely vital player for him. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, I agree with you both. I think finances aside, if the deal leads again, if they come up, maybe a bit more expensive to stay down, make it a good deal for them if they need to sell players. But yeah, I think his work rate alone, I know he hasn't got great stats, but again, like Matt said, he's in an Everton team that aren't performing to the highest standard they can be sometimes. So yeah, I would I would keep him and buy him if the financial state is right. Another topic that's been sort of split in the fan base in the last few weeks, I know Ben, Bobble and Paul discussed this in a recent podcast, is Dominic Calvert-Lewin and who should be playing up front for Everton at the moment. The weekend against Villa, Calvert-Lewin missed another chance. That's, I think it's his 10th big chance in the Premier League missed this season. My argument for Calvert-Lewin has always been how vital he is, what he brings to the team more than goals, but I think we have to start worrying now that our striker hasn't scored since at the end of October was the last time he got a goal. So we'll come back to you, Matt. Where do you stand with the striker debate between Calvert-Lewin and Beto? Would you give Beto more time now? Would you give him a few games to get up to speed? Or what would you do? Uh, yes, I would. Um, I, th- I think there's two things here. Is that you know Dom's, Dom's not scoring and you know, when he went through one on one with Martinez, I think, you know, if you had if you had to put money on him scoring or missing, I think that you probably err on the side that he's going to miss because he's just got no confidence at, at the moment. Um, I think it's, I think it, it's, it's a risk 
that Daesh is, is trying to play him through this sort of barren period because as as, as Matt said, you know, the, the type of football that we're playing at the moment and, you know, there's there's probably one or two chances we're going to get per game, you know, where we can effectively win it because, as we know, if we go 1-0 up, then, you know, there, there's a high probability that we'll win the game and if it's 0-0 and, and, and Dom's got that chance to make it 1-0, then, and he doesn't, yeah, how, how, do, how does it affect the remainder of the game? How does it affect the, the, the team? Um, so I think for his own good, I think he could probably do with being taken out of the firing line for, for a while. And I think, you know, whilst Daesh keeps him in the side, then, you know, how, how much better would be thinking, you know, what, what have I got to do to get, to get a game or get an opportunity? Because, you know, my, my direct opposition to start up front just keeps on playing and not scoring and playing and not scoring. So, you know, for, for, for Beto's own confidence, you're right, Paul, he, he needs to have a run in the side. And, you know, if if he can strike up a, an understanding and a partnership with, with Decore, then we can't lose because we obviously know that Dom can play with Decore and if Beto can play with Decore, then it only benefits the team. But we won't know until he gets the opportunity. Matt Smith, what do you think? Would you change things up and play better, or would you give Calvert-Lewin more chances to try and hit the net and find that sort of confidence that he needs? And from a tactical side, can you see Dice giving them a chance together on the pitch? Would that be something Dice would try? Yeah, just on on Calvert-Lewin initially, I think I wrote something a few few months ago now, maybe maybe four or five weeks ago, and. You know, I said it, it wasn't really a massive concern to me that that Cavalier hadn't scored in in the recent weeks prior to that or the recent months. And in a way, it, it's it's kind of changing now. I think at the time, I thought he was playing really, really well outside of scoring goals. I think he was holding the ball up. He was bullying defenders, even when he wasn't winning a header. He was tussling with a defender so that they can get a clean connection, they can bring it down. And I think that's kind of slipping out of his game a little bit. I don't think we're seeing his overall play being as, as good as it was at the start of the season. You can kind of excuse missed chances if they're providing a lot. You can, you know, like like we've mentioned with Harrison, it's not too much about his production if he's providing elsewhere. But when you're down near the bottom and Deitch has kind of got the defensive side of the game sorted, we've had little lapses against, you know, Aston Villa away or or Wolves away. But, you know, Crystal Palace last week, you know, keeping a clean sheet but not scoring. Aston Villa keeping a clean sheet but not scoring. There's, there's a lot of opportunities for us. We've got Jordan Pickford who's made more clean sheets than, than anyone in the Premier League. So the, there's opportunities for you know, little one nils every now and then. And and Calvert-Lewin is on the end of a lot of these chances. He's the most underperforming striker in terms of XG to, to goal scored in, in the whole of Europe's top five leagues. And that is a, a major concern. I think we've had strikers in the past, you know, Neil Mope, for example, who was missing chances. But, but Calvert-Lewin's getting a lot of opportunities alongside that in terms of minutes and 
and game time, whereas Mopey was getting played here and there, starting every now and then, coming off the bench. Whereas Calvert-Lewin's getting a real run of games and he's still not reaching the levels that, that we need him to. Like Matt mentioned, you wouldn't have bet on Calvert-Lewin scoring that that one-on-one -on -one opportunity. And look, he's making the right runs, fine. But there has to come a point where you're saying that it's really, at the moment, not good enough. And I'm a massive fan of Calvert-Lewin. I think this season when he came back, you know, it looked like he's over the injury issues. It looked like he was fitter than ever, sharper than ever. I don't know whether the, the last few years are kind of taking its toll on him and he can't really handle this vigorous fixture schedule that comes with December, January. There's a lot of fixtures and Beto hasn't really been given much opportunities to start. It's been a lot of Calvert-Lewin. I'm thinking possibly that he's not been able to cope with that. But what we hear is potentially Beto not working as well in training. He's not as as smart out of possession in terms of, you know, where to when to press and, and to cut off the passing lanes, which Cavalier does do really well. And I think when we've seen Beto come off the bench, he's not always grabbed his opportunity with both hands and said to Deitch, Yeah, you can't you can't drop me, you can't you can't start Cavalier over me. He's not produced a performance like that, I don't think. We've seen we've seen glimpses, but not a performance where it's like, yeah, he has to start now. I think we've seen that with players. Brantwaite came in, it was like, yeah, he's got to start now. Mikalenko, start of the season, start, you know, didn't always play, but now it's like, yeah, he's got to start now. Beto hasn't grasped that opportunity with both hands. In terms of potentially playing them together, I think it's something that it sounds good when you talk about it, but if you're if we, you know, a lot of fans talk about how vital Decore is to our system, he's not vital just in terms of how he plays, it's the position he plays. So if you drop Decore into a deeper role, he's going to be no way near as impactful and, and pivotal to our team. Calvert-Lewin and Beto as a two might work in certain situations, but when we're playing an Aston Villa where we're having very minimal possession, you can't really play them two together. You need that Decore to every now and then drop into midfield to stay tight on their number six, to orchestrate the press. So I don't think it would be the smartest idea to play them too. There might be games where it would make sense, you know, Burnley, Sheffield United, Luton, if we're trying to really go at teams. But a lot of our games, we're playing against teams that are going to have more of the ball than us. So I don't think that's, a you know, a solution. In terms of going forward, I think it is time. I think it's time to get better a run of games. I know he's like a, I'm slightly contradicting myself, but he may not be grasping opportunities with both hands, but he's coming on at 60 minutes. It's difficult. It's a difficult thing to do. So I think he just needs that two free games. You know, it's, it's an easy start. Not easy in terms of the fixture, but we've got a cup game. We can rest a few players, maybe bring in Beto, you know, in the midweek game. And then in the future, Cavett-Lewin, needs a rest I think and an extended rest it doesn't have to be Beto starting one game coming off at 60 I think he needs a proper run in the team if he can't grasp it with both hands look we're back to square one but he's shown little glimpses and I think it's probably time now we've we've persisted with Cavalier for quite a while and we're not getting the goals when he's not performing at the level he was at the start of the season so it's one position where we've got a really valuable backup 
in terms of, you know, we spent a lot of money on Beto. I think if I'm Deitch, I'm probably giving him an opportunity now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see now what Deitch and staff decide to do, whether give Cavalier a rest tomorrow and go with Beto, get his confidence up in the cup, a bit less pressure maybe, see if he can grab a goal one end of the weekend or next weekend, I should say. But we'll just we'll jump back into the recent news of the breach and just how do you think that'll affect the staff and the players? For me, I think we've already seen what Sean Dice can do under pressure. He's got the 10-point deduction and we went on a great run of fixtures and results. So I don't think he'll allow that, this latest breach, to impact any player or any staff member. What about yourself, Matt Barry? What do you think? How do you think it'll affect the staff and the players? Um, I, I think... Yeah, they've seen it all before. They seen the the title of the pod the other day. It was Groundhog Day. You know, they 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 know they know exactly how to deal with it because they've already dealt with it. Um, you know, and hopefully they can react to this if they do. If there is a reaction, as well as they did for the you know the last one where we went on those games, um, having you know, won four in a row, I think what it probably will do because there's another team involved now is it'll perhaps give the players the understanding that if there are going to be any points penalties, then we need to be in front of Nottingham Forest. So we have to look at the league, look at you know, their results and say, right, okay, well, come what may. If the bottom three stay where they are, then we have to finish above Nottingham Forest because if we both get deducted the same amount of points and we're ahead of them, then, you know, de facto we'll stay up. So... It's probably you know quite quite an unfair way of looking at it, but sadly that's the position that the Premier League is has, has put us in now, and even as fans, you know, will be will be as much interested in Nottingham's Forest results as as our results. Sadly, you know, as as Matt said very very earlier on, and as you support, it's you know football's not just about eleven players on the pitch anymore. Sadly, you know, this season we're also looking at lawyers and commissions and protests and things like that. So, you know, for me, it's let's hope the players are uh, equally as responsive as, as they were first time around. And, you know, we just got to finish above Nottingham Forest. Yeah, it's sad that we're, again, following all these other clubs, fixtures and results. It's going to be mm -hmm. grim again, I think. But Matt Smith... What do you think? Do you think it'll impact players and the manager, or do you think he'll have everything under control? Yeah, I think I think Deutsch is the perfect manager for for this situation. I think with every situation we've seen recently, whether it be Calvert Lewin's injuries or or Deli Alley situation, he's always removed the noise and focused on the football and and tried to take any pressure off the players and and not focus on that in in press conferences and things like that. He doesn't want to be talking about that. All he's there to do is get results. And, you know, there's people at the club that, that should be speaking for him. I personally think in terms of, like, for example, today getting asked in, in press conferences about the deduction and the finances and the takeover, that's not his job. He's a, he's a coach, he's a manager. He's not in control of the whole club. So, yeah, I think he's the ideal man to to take take away all the noise, focus fully on the football and just every match day try and get three points. Don't worry about what's behind us, what's in front of us, just try and get that that three points on the day. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully we can kick off tomorrow with a win in the cup and get a bit of confidence back in the team. But that's all we have time for. Thanks for listening. 
We really appreciated all the feedback from the last episode. If there's any other topics you'd like us to discuss in future episodes, drop a message to the Bullens social media pages or contact any of us directly. Stay safe, take care, and up with office.